Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. DraftKings is not only this hack's favorite sports book, but also America's top-rated sports book. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook because it's, it's easy to navigate and has plenty of instructions for newbies and nearly limitless ways for you to get in on the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know because they've been texting me as such, and I know you will too. So listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 inside credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if your team comes home, you win $100 inside credits. Now, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds on promotions such as baseball, hockey, Major League Baseball, MMA, and plenty others. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on any basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. Newcomers only. Wager paid out inside credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello and welcome to Game Over, where we say goodbye to each and every NHL club, whether they want to or not. Thank you to everyone who's been uh, listening, your times and your downloads through these multiple episodes, and we're going to be sticking on the West Coast this week. We're actually going to be going uh, down south. No, not that kind of down south, but down south. And to a team that was founded in 1996, they have no Stanley Cups to their name. They have no finals appearances. They have one Western Conference Finals appearance, and they have such names in the rafters as Bobby Hall, Shane Doan, Thomas Steen, Jeremy Roenick, Keith Kachuk, and Wayne Wayne Gretzky. Wait, checks notes. Yeah, checks out Wayne Gretzky as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about the Arizona Don't Call Us Phoenix Coyotes here on Game Over. And to talk about all things Yotes, I asked the Sporty Podcast to come on, of Corey and Richie to come on, the mixed tag team of the Hockey Podcast Network. So, welcome, welcome, both of you, to Game Over. Thank you for having us on, and thank you for making the commentary that we would like to have with every single official 
in the NHL when they want to call us the Phoenix Coyotes. <laughs> Lovely. I would say I would say that um, we're happy to be on, but in the circumstance of the segment called Game Over, which means the team that we cover has been eliminated from Stanley Cup contention, that, that means that I'm very sad to be on in this case. <laughs> Well, at least you're later on. I mean, you're on the fourth episode. It's not like you were the first team up like I had to do uh, with New Jersey and Buffalo. So, <laughs> it could always be worse. So, so first question up on this. As I ask every team on Game Over, a fairly simple question. What happened, as the kids like to say, to the Arizona Coyotes this season? Well, there's there's a lot of things happening with the Arizona Coyotes, and a lot of it is just a, a different version of mediocrity, honestly. Um, this team has has a lot of potential in a lot of different ways and a, and a lot of different players. However, when they are put together, they just don't go past the point of being mediocre. There's nothing that really makes this team great. And that, I think, is part of why we predict going into this um, offseason that we're going to really see this team blow up and that Bill Armstrong's really going to be coming in here and creating a new team. We've already seen Talkit has um, been removed from the Coyotes. He's been doing interviews elsewhere. And, um, you know, we've got a whole long list of new coaches that he's looking at that are all on the younger side, there's a new vision for this team, and it's, as, from what we're predicting, is nothing like it is right now because of the fact that they just have not been able to get over a hump. And um, I think, honestly, a lot of it has to do with... Um, Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. And I don't mean to be a dick about it, but being a poor GM by John Chica, who also has left us with very little draft picks and stuff in our pipeline coming here for the future as well. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. And uh, my, my additional comment to that would be they 
the Coyotes this year just couldn't stay consistent from top to bottom. Their top players performed pretty well for most of the season, and we're talking about guys like Jacob Chikrin and Phil Kessel and Connor Garland and, and Michael Bunting, who came on at the end of the season and scored 10 goals in the first few weeks of um, the first or last few weeks of the season there. And, and I think he, was, he, was only, he only played less than, what, 15 games in the regular season. He was on pace to score 40 goals this year if he would have played a full slate of games. But uh, for the Coyotes, they just didn't get enough from their entire roster. And that kind of goes back to what Corey was saying. The roster itself was just too top-heavy. Their bottom six didn't contribute at all. They had some injuries down the stretch, um, including their goaltenders got hurt. So Antiranto was hurt. Darcy Kemper wasn't great this year. Connor Garland got hurt for a couple weeks there. And it was just a cacophony of issues down the stretch that led them to go something like, what, 4-12 and 12 down the season, stretch of the season. It was a bad lot of team games. Wow, that is just a whole lot of oofta to have a team not just just uh, underachieve, but like uh, I, for lack of better words, horrifically underachieve. When you see the uh, for the uh, the, like you said, the talent that's on this roster, it's there. It is a mix of youth and established veterans, and I don't think you guys were like, let's say, legit cup contenders, but you seem to be a lot of uh, hockey hipsters' dark horse picks for the past couple years. And it just, outside of the bubble hockey tournament, it just, it, it's never really uh, uh, come home for the for the Yotes out there. And if I can throw in a bonus question, did your off-ice issues um, play a factor into the season as well? Uh, so it, it depends on which which off ice uh, issue are you referring to. If you're referring to the John Chica one, then um, I would say I think a lot of the more issues with that one kind of came in the position of like that bubble time, and they seem to really deal with it pretty well. You know, getting um, past Nashville and into that series against the Abs, that they really kind of seemed to come into their own in that um, play-in round. And so they really seemed to get past it. But that happened the day that they were getting on the plane to go to the bubble. So it was very terrible timing. It was a lot of issues that were going to be coming down later, which we did find out later that, um, you know, that John Chica for what he has done, has been suspended by the, the NHL until the end of this year. And, also, and then if you're referring to the whole article that came out about the culture within the Coyotes organization, that is a whole nother thing. I'm, I would hope that the players themselves didn't really um, focus their energy on that, considering the fact that it is more of a front office issue. Um, it did seem to kind of just disappear, so I don't really know um how they made it disappear but it did just kind of seem to dwindle away people kind of moved on past it um i wouldn't particularly say that it was um those issues that were really affecting the team but i would say that there is a dynamic in the locker room that doesn't particularly work as well part of it could be oliver and larson who really isn't the captain that this team really wanted him to be um 
and I, I think it lacks some leadership in, in some regards. Um, we've seen uh, Dvorak really kind of come up as a somewhat of a leader this year, but it there I don't think there really is the, the best dynamic in that locker room in order for this team to be successful either. All right. It, that, I mean, that, that answered more than enough of it. And um, it's just it, things that, that, that I've heard. Um, you know, the GM, the culture, the draft pick, the draft picks that are lost. It just seemed like for much as we wanted to focus on the ice with the Yotes, there was a lot more going on off of it. But um, that's, that can be for another show. So we're going to move on to Cthulhu Comes a Calling. So whom in the expansion draft next month do you think with the Yotes is, is going to be left out on the proverbial uh, street corner for Seattle to get? So I, I think the most interesting question that I've seen floated around Coyote's Twitter quite a bit is this idea that they might put Darcy Kemper and make him available for the expansion draft. Now, I'm going to shut every Coyotes fan out there who think that's going to happen. Number one, there are going to be good goaltenders available in that expansion draft that Seattle will probably want to to take or there's going to be Tristan available out there. Mm, 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 sorry. Sorry. Sure, yeah. I, 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 it's just a thing, the humidity. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> so, so there's a theory out there that they might expose Darcy Kemper. Again, I don't think that's going to happen. They're going to keep Darcy Kemper around, but the possibility is out there that Aiden Hill is available to the Seattle Kraken. And we saw Aiden Hill this year, I think make a big leap forward in his development. In my opinion, he was always a guy that was a a backup. That's what he was. He was a borderline AHL starter, NHL backup. And this year, I thought he cemented himself as a guy who is an NHL caliber goaltender on a regular basis. He's now playing for Team Canada at the World Championships right now, putting up better numbers than Darcy Kemper, mind you, in that tournament. And um, so I, I wonder if Ian Hill is going to be the biggest piece available for the Seattle Kraken. Because other than that, there's not a lot out there. Defensively, they have so many expiring contracts that the only player they can really expose is Ilya Labushkin, and he's a nice player. I don't know if Seattle would want him. And then if you look at the forward group, there's not a lot of, to choose from either. So it's going to be slim pickings for Seattle when it comes to the expansion draft for the Coyotes because they have a lot of players who um, their younger players are easy to, to keep around, obviously. So you're not going to expose a Keller or a Dvorak or a Jacob Chicken or anybody like that. So slim pickings for the Seattle Kraken, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would I would really like to put some duct tape on Auntie Ranta and just see him go somewhere, whether <laughs> it's to the Kraken or to anyone. I And there's it's really kind of sad, and it was funny because I was – on the Blues podcast kind of talking about this and the fact that there are more guys that we would rather see go than stay. So it's kind of funny because we have more of a short list of people with Jacob Chikrin, um, Nick Schmaltz, Christian Dvorak, Connor Garland, and Clayton Keller that are kind of our, our ones that we would like to keep. Um, and then everyone else is kind of you can go and we wouldn't really cry too hard about it. I think you're the first team I, I've heard talk about that, that, that they, that they want to put their goaltenders out there. 
Um, and I, I have Cap Friendly pulled up. I'm looking over what you guys have, and it is literally like um, either somebody on there has a big long contract, or they're an expiring. Usually, you see a healthy mix with teams and with the Coyotes. It's one or the other, and I'll agree with you, Richie. It's it. There's not a lot of players you look at that aren't expiring that you'd want to really build around. Dare I say, I think with this team that possibly Seattle could take one year players and then possibly flip it for, for draft picks. Yeah, that's a complete possibility. It wouldn't surprise me. I think one of the names I've seen, because if you are on Instagram a lot like I am, you'll see Seattle mock expansion drafts pop up. And the name I've seen most associated in those, for some reason, is Tyler Pitlick. I think it's Tyler Pitlick and then, like, uh, Lost and Krause, maybe, are the two names that I've kind of seen tossed about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those, those two, for, for those that are following along at home, uh, they are cheap by NHL standards. Um, uh, they'd be an expiring heading into next season. Um, you know, unless, unless you guys want to get real gutsy and not protect Phil Kessel, but, um, I don't see that happening, but, but, but there are plenty of other podcasts that do mocking drafts. So let us, let us move ahead to, um, so we talk about the expansion draft. Now let's talk about the draft. You guys have a small chance of getting at least into the top five or at least a, a number one pick. Uh, well, we were we won't at all. Uh, no, that no, is not a possibility. Nope, uh, I, I was wrong. These stupid new draft rules. Uh, so the draft is not going to be kind to you guys. And I know we talked in the green room before we came on, or at least you mentioned this earlier. You don't have a lot of draft capita heading into this year's draft. You only have four picks. Uh, either four to six picks this year. One my team gave you. You're welcome. Or you thank Jim Rutherford for that. And um, what what is Arizona looking for this year? More forward depth, or by the way you're talking, maybe stock up on some more goaltenders. I mean, I think goaltender wise, they have uh, you know they have Prosvitov in um, in the NHL right now. So um, I don't think really goaltending is really their problem defensively they definitely need some help um it's just gonna be difficult you know this team doesn't have a lot in its pipeline like i said before because of the penalties that the team got from the violations from the the combine testing policy that um that john chica you know just really kind of screwed the team with and then left so that first round pick isn't there and it's that's usually where you would be finding a player that you can really kind of build around. And that's one of the things that the Coyotes really need. And I just don't see it coming anytime soon. I feel like the only way for this draft year to really actually be beneficial for them is if they were to really trade to get some draft picks. Yeah, and the only the good thing the Coyotes do have for this year's draft is they do have two second round picks. They have the pick that they acquired from Columbus, um, and I believe in in uh, in an earlier trade. And the good thing for the Coyotes, obviously, Columbus also missed the playoffs. So you're looking at two essentially 
lottery picks in the second round of the draft, which is nice because the Coyotes have hit on some second rounders in the past or later too, for that matter, right? Christian Navarro. That is true. Christian Vorak, a second-round pick, right? Michael Bunting, a late-round pick. Uh, Connor Garland, a late-round pick. So, you can't. I, people are kind of freaking out about not having a first-round pick. Well, first-round oftentimes is a, is a crapshoot, right? Unless you're picking Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews, number one overall, it's a crapshoot. Even if you are picking number one overall, you, you still might, you know, shit the bed, basically. Now Yakupov, right? You, Rasmus Dahlin hasn't really lived up to the hype either. So the fact that they still have those two, you know, top, what, I guess 50, 70 picks or so picks, that's still good, right? That's still some good depth added to your your uh, cacophony of, of, uh, of, of much-needed talent in your pipeline. So at least the Coyotes have that to look forward to. Um, and this is going to be like the first draft where Bill Armstrong is going to have his all-in hands on deck. Because last year, he wasn't able to participate in the draft at all because he was still under contract with the Blues. So and I'm, so I'm curious to see how Bill Armstrong, not only Bill Armstrong himself, but his, his brand new scouting staff that he's brought in over the last year goes about um, drafting those very big you know, key picks early in the second round. Indeed. I mean, you guys said it, that you have a new GM coming in, and this is, seems like the first draft that he's really going to get, I guess, his proverbial feet wet. And you're correct. You do have two two picks. Actually, I think if I was reading the chart correctly, both within the top 40 uh, or like the top half of the second round. And that was part of the Columbus deal as well. So we're going to move on from the draft, and we are going to get to October. And so both of you. I'm going to ask, why should Coyotes fans be optimistic heading into next season? Is it bad that both of us took this long of a pause? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, want, I, you want me to go first on this, Corey? Because I can make yeah. a very, very short answer here. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I need a minute to think about it. Yeah, okay. I'll give people one, or actually two words to be optimistic for next year because there isn't a lot. Okay, let's let's be honest. Corey and I have talked about that on our show for a while. This team's going to rebuild. It's going to be hard to watch there for a bit. Jacob Chikrin. He should get a Norris nomination this year, in my opinion. He led the NHL in goals for defensemen this year. He was also top 10 in points by defensemen. He is the guy on the Cowboys blue line that plays against the top units of, of your Vegases and your Colorados. He's legit. He's only going to get better. He's getting better. His shot's getting better. He played hurt for the last month and a half of the season. He had a bummed, bum wrist and was still scoring goals that looked like looked like he was playing in the hardest shot competition. So at the very least, we're going to still have the conversation, I think, even next year about Jacob Chikrin being a 25, you know, a 20-goal-plus score next year for the Arizona Coyotes and getting his name into the Norris conversation for a second straight year. Uh, that, I mean, that's definitely, definitely one of them. I, uh, I think he is one of the, the studs of the future, honestly, like he's doing great now, but I think he even has so much more left in his tank. But I, I think maybe if there's anything to be really excited about, it's probably the fact that, it's going to be interesting. This is going to be literally from the the, the brain or the balls or whatever you want to say of, of Bill Armstrong here. It's going to literally 
be because he went through and took out almost everyone from the scouting department, ripped it apart and rebuilt it in his image. And now he's going to be able to put in a coach that he has faith in and he wants to put in a young coach also. So it's going to be very interesting. It's, it's going to be <laughs> not like a, a science experiment, but relatively close. It's going to be something that, you know, they're going to throw a bunch of things together and it's going to be really entertaining to see where it goes from here because of the fact that the, the possibilities are endless in the fact that they are in this rebuild right now. So um, it'll be entertaining to watch whether it's a train wreck or not. I love it when I'm I'm doing these the these uh, bottom tier teams and I ask the optimistic question and it it, it it's always fun when the first words out of mouth are uh, um I uh, give me a minute and and that's the fun of this I I love I I love the unfiltered of this and that's great so and this one will be a little bit easier why should Arizona Coyotes fans be depressed heading into October um. I mean, I don't think they should necessarily be depressed. I think it's it's very hard with this team because Scotty, uh, Richie and I are always very um, Richie and I are very honest. I guess is the best way to put it about this team. We don't ever want to. There's um, there's radio stations here in the valley that very much like to blow smoke up the ass of the Coyotes just because, mm. or any of the other sports teams in the valley because of the fact that, you know, they're either with them or whatever. We like to be very, like, dead honest about it because of the fact that we are, you know, we've always been fans of this team and we really want the best for it. But I do think that the Coyotes get a really bad rap in general and the fact that they all, it's always assumed that they are going to be terrible, that, that attendance is going to be low, and even going into this season, the Coyotes almost made it into a, into the playoffs. I mean, they don't they didn't particularly want that spot because, as you saw with the Blues, who got completely swept, whoever was going to end up in that oh, spot was just yes, was just going to get destroyed. So um, they honestly ended up exactly where we thought they would be. But there's there was plenty of people that were trying to throw them out there as being at the very bottom. Uh, of the West, and it just is crazy to me how many people get so down on this team, so I wouldn't ever want to say necessarily depressed, but I do think it will be um, a very trying, and um, this will test the loyalty of some of the fans because the fact that anytime you're in a rebuilding situation, it's never easy to watch. Yeah, it's it, the team's going to look completely different next year as we've kind of already hinted at right where we were talking about how many free agents are on this team how many of the older veteran players aren't going to be around next season and Nicholas Stromerson cup winning player gone Jason Demare has been around the league for a, a long time gone um Jordan Osterley probably not coming back didn't have that great of a season this year probably gone um Alex Goligoski may come back there's rumors that he, he may be back next year even though he's he's uh 35 years old already so there's going to be a lot of change on this team and anytime there's big changes like that you know you're kind of you feel like you're in the throes of a 
of a rebuild again, and the Coyotes have been through this multiple times before, and it's no fun. Uh, we've the, the Suns went through a ten-year rebuild; they're finally getting paid off with the with a playoff appearance here against the Lakers. So, yeah, it's just uh, unless things go get crazy changed, right? And the Coyotes trade for Jack Eichel, it's going to be a long off season. Busy, but long. Yeah, I'm. I, I I'm sorry if I I I, I kind of snickered out loud on on that one, and and I like that. I I like seeing that, um, and I say that on my podcast as well, the Grit and Barrett podcast. Ding ding ding. Uh, that you that I be honest with the fans. You know, I'd much rather have somebody be mad at me for being honest, and I and I get that from you too. I I really do, and I love hearing that. That's kind of the reason why I asked these two questions, so that way you can be honest with the fan base on either side of the spectrum. So, we will get you out of here um, in our usual way, but I'm going to throw in another another bonus question because this is my stupid podcast and I like these type of things. A real quick answer. Does the black Kushina jerseys become this team's permanent home jerseys next season? Yes. Yes. Excellent. Does the white return to complete the set? Yes. Yes. Love it. Love seeing those. Kush- they already teased it. If you've been following us on Twitter for a while, the Coyotes put out an email to season ticket holders not too long ago that teased a, a new jersey is coming next season, and the leader in the clubhouse is the white Kachina. Excellent, excellent. Love that style, and I love seeing it this season. So, to the Arizona Coyotes, it was fun hanging out in the desert, but like all teams, we say... Game over. I never get tired of using that soundbite. So, thank you to... Thank you to both of you for joining me. And before we head on out, I do this with everyone. I will give you a minute or two to... Pimp or promote whatever podcast or project you guys have going. So the board is thine. Oh, this is my turn, huh, Corey? Because I always get to do this. Oh yeah, I am the worst at this. So I I say there I have many talents as a co-host, but I this is not one of them. So you can listen to Corey and I, of course, on the Hockey Podcast Network. Sporty with Corey Nurchie is the name of the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Corey underscore Richie Show. You can follow us on Instagram at Corey Richie Show. You can follow Corey at Corey Nicole with two E's. And follow me at rflores91. Currently, I am tweeting about uh, the Suns and Lakers and uh, how bad Jay Crowder has been in this first round <laughs> series. So if you, it, I'm not tweeting about hockey right now, but if you want to hear how pissed off I am at Jay Crowder for constantly shooting threes and constantly missing them, you can do that. So yeah, it's Sporty with Corey and Richie. I uh, hope you give us a listen over the offseason. Uh, it's bound to get really weird. We talked about uh, Traveler's Diarrhea on a recent episode. So you know it's going to get even wilder during the offseason. <laughs> Okay, uh, things I did not expect to hear doing a hockey podcast. Traveler's Diarrhea, check. We can just go ahead and cross that <laughs> right off the list. But then again, I've done a many a hockey road trip, so uh, maybe I should take a listen and relate. And maybe some people out there, you, can relate as well. So yes, that's what we're ending this on. Seat of Your Pants Broadcasting at its finest. Thank you to the Sporty Pod. 
podcast to both of you, to Corey, Ricci. Thank you for being on and representing um, the Arizona Coyotes as well. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back as we head up I-95 back to SoCal. Hey, hockey fans. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo, and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of <laughs> like, you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. I get a phone call. And he's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. started playing the like, dun, 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 And I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on. <laughs> I wonder who, who he should have checked over here. <laughs> and then <laughs> I looked down at my favorite Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 right. rings in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. <gasps> no, it does not. <laughs> I think it does. But we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. And that was House of Hockey with their little promo here on Game Over, where we say goodbye to each and every NHL team, whether they want to or not. So then, so I'd like to thank Sporty for coming on there as we took a lovely trip there to northern Arizona. But now we head due north up I-95, and we are going to go to a team that was founded in 1967. A team that has three Stanley Cup final visits to their name and won two of them. They have such such name in the rafters as Rob Blake, Dave Taylor, Luke Robentile, of course Wayne Gretzky with this team, uh, Marcel Donny, Donny, Donnier, sounds French, and some guy named uh, Rogi Vachun. I don't know, makes sense to them. But anyway, this team I'm talking about is a was a former West Coast girlfriend of mine. I will gladly admit that. I'm talking about the former 2012 and 2014 Stanley Cup champions, none other than Tinseltown, the Los Angeles Kings. And joining me are the lads from Kings Realm, boys, James, Dennis, and one to be determined. Welcome. How's it going? I am Jordan's having technical difficulties, but he will be back. Seat of your pants broadcasting at its finest, as I like to call it. So That's what we do. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's just jump right into it, boys. I start you out with every question I ask I've asked every team that's come on so far. As the kids like to say, what happened? What happened with the Los and what happened with the Los Angeles Kings? this season we ran out of talent (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it started off so we all knew that this was still a rebuild season right um in in the in king's world and then we started off 
a little hot, right? Which gave everybody hope. Uh, and uh, we kind of lost sight of where we were at. We got uh, lost in the in the moment, and uh, so then everybody thought this was a contending team. Um, so I think we were uh, we kind of fell to our own demise, and uh, and and really just started playing with a lot of uh, expectation. Like the team was the team was doing good, and we saw some we saw some new pairings getting Anthony to see you from, or what we like to say, happy to see you from uh, Detroit. Uh-huh. Um, you, you know, and he came in and and. Uh, was uh, was really rough in that last season with Detroit, but ultimately, he was. I, we feel like he was more of a product of the team itself than it was his own talent. So he paired with Carter, who had a long off season to uh, kind of rehabilitate, and the two of them came out strong. They looked like a pair to uh, to be messed with, and uh, and then Kopi does what Kopi does, Anze Kopitar just doing captain things and and really making a difference. So. It, it was fun in the beginning, and then it started to fall apart. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, definitely uh, one of those where playing above expectations and about halfway through the year, uh, probably pay, playing a little bit below expectations. It's kind of like the, the tale of two seasons in the, in the shortened season. But I think uh, in the end, it all evened out and probably finished right about where you would expect them to. Uh, yeah. You know, I think I think it's that's fair to say. Yeah, it was a third or fourth youngest team in the league. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely the coming from a, a history of not bringing the kids in until the end, until you knew there was no more hope. Um, and uh, and so now they're playing the kids a lot more, giving them experience, really, really kind of doing what you should do in a rebuild, right? Really feeling out your talent and and seeing where you can put them, and and. You have to you have to fall a little bit to to rebuild. So, um, I think I think the season was exactly what it needed to be because uh, we we got a good feel for a lot of the kids, a lot of the a lot of guys. NHL debuts. So yeah, a lot of a lot of NHL first goals, like just some fun stuff. But you had to you had to own those moments because you didn't get too many wins. I think the Kings were the number one team in the league that gave up three goals in the first period. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was that was a, a made up stat that we made up. That's um, probably true. But it's I would have believed if you. Someone, yeah, if someone had the time to fact check it, it would probably be true. Um, <laughs> thank you, Jaden. And uh, and and some other things where you just like you, you got that feeling where we I think we gave up in uh, thirty game over thirty games this year the first goal. Yeah, it was something like that. And pretty oh. pretty brutal. Hey, Jordan's back. Hey, Huzzah! Jordan. Muted now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we we were asking, uh, what happened with the Kings, uh, this year, and it seems like, um, it's just from, and, and I knew this going forward, this was going to be a really young team, who in some way was just playing with house money. Wherever you guys finished, you'd be fine with, and and in all honesty, like, um, the fourth playoff spot in the Pacific. I mean, if some things would have broken your way, could have went to you guys. Now, I think the end result would have still been the same. No offense, but um, taken, But um, but I like the steps that I've seen this team take. Like, I think you guys among the Pacific three. Like, I think you're right there, right there with Anaheim, and probably within the next year or two. Um, 
might end up surpassing them because I know that pipeline between LA and Ontario is really strong because the rain have been really good the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what uh, the guys had touched on so far, but let me start off with this. There we go. Oh, there All we right. go. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, you know, I mean, going into the season, like, obviously, if you listen to the King's Realm, like, we're rainbows and butterflies, like, as much as it gets, right? Uh, but even going into the season, we were like, this is a tester season to see where, you know, some of these kids, like your Blake Lazots and stuff like that, are going to, if, if they're going to fit in, in into the future of this team. And I think that that's exactly what we got. Like, I think, like, the biggest shining example is, like, Trevor Moore. He played his ass off. He's earned a spot on the team uh, for the years to come. And I think we figured that out. You know, maybe Athanasiu is a, a, a yes or a no. Um, Happy some of the, Yeah, there you go, James. Uh, some of the guys on the defensive core, like, you know, we're going to see if, you know, Ali Mata worked out. Uh, arguments probably not, but who knows? Um, but I think we got out of this exactly what we were putting into it. And the fact that they got off to a decently hot start um, and they had that six game win streak and uh, whatnot, I think that gave a lot of people false hope, especially people who don't really know hockey. <laughs> we did um, say that in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you were listening. Almost. I, instead, I was dealing with my internet. But, anyways, I mean, it, Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? And if we look back, and you've probably listened back to our podcast before the you know season even started in the first couple of weeks into the season, you're probably going to hear us say this is probably a lost season, quote unquote. Right. And um, I think we would be in the same spot that we are now. Yeah. Uh, I, I I am loving this from from all you guys. I mean, it feels like we're all hanging out at the bar, just cracking beers and talking smack. I love it. I love all of it. Give me more of this right into my veins. So and we. By the way, Props to you for wearing the quickie shirt. Yes, I know this is in an audio form, but I am sporting a uh, Jonathan Quick jersey that does have the Stanley Cup final emblem on the one sleeve as well. Jonathan Quick is my goalie spirit animal. I'm just leaving it at that. And um, I'll say I'll save this for another time. There has actually been quite a bit of connection between Ontario and Hershey, but that's another show. So we are going to get into when Cthulhu comes a calling. So, whom is going to get left out on the corner of the street for when the Seattle Kraken comes around to from the Los Angeles Kings? I think we're all we all have different opinions on this. We have so we have our wants and we have our yeah, no, we have our yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, going into the season, I think all of us were probably saying Jonathan Quick. Uh, speaking of the jersey, uh, just. Being the situation that it is, I don't think that's going to be the case. And with the the goalies that are going to be potentially available from other teams, I don't think people are that the Kraken would even take a look at him anyways. Uh, I think the real question comes in whether you protect Dustin Brown or not. I don't think uh, you do. I don't think you do either. No, I, I think. don't think they. I don't think they take him. I, I think his age. I don't know if they if they take him. I mean the the injury with what five games left in the season can, comes at a little bit of an odd time. The same with Quick. Yeah, yeah, and the same with Quick. So it's like, do you put that doubt into Seattle's mind? Like, oh, what if he's old and injury prone now? We don't know. Um, mind you, he just had a you know almost career year as far as like goals per game and whatnot. James can tell you all about that. Um, but I don't know. I, I think the idea of bringing Ali Mata in and signing him to a two-year contract was to get him to be taken by the Kraken. And with his performance this year being so hit or miss, I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah, it's, that's a that's a tough one. I mean, there's going to be some 
some of the level guys exposed that maybe they, they see some upside. You know, who would have thought that Vegas was going to take McNabb? You know, I don't think anybody guessed that was going to happen. Yeah, well, they made so, the right pick. Yeah, they did, uh, as it turns out. Um, so, I don't know, maybe they maybe they see something in one of the other guys that's available. But I, I still see Click as a, as a real possibility. But um, leaving Brown exposed, I don't think they take him. I think they take Quick over Brown. But yeah. um, it'll probably be someone we're not even thinking of. Well, think about it. You got Brownie, um, who's uh, who's at five eight eight seven five on the contract, thirty six years. Uh, he's getting up there, but 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 um, had a great year this year. Um, put put on a show, really played um, beyond his years. So um, I feel like he he did he did uh, impress a lot, and I I think he's a viable pick uh, if if they wanted to look at him for um, both someone that can contribute. And someone that's going to also help teach a lot of the young kids that they're going to have. Yeah, former captain. Yep. And I think in in reality, you're probably looking at someone like Kale Clegg, um, who he's he's a defense that didn't get a lot of time for whatever reason. Um, but when he was on the ice, the Kings won games. Uh, if you look at his at the games he played compared to when uh, Curtis. <laughs> Curtis McDermott was in there. Uh, he won a lot more games, or the team won a lot more games with him in the lineup. And for whatever reason, um, Tater Todd didn't really give him a chance. And I think there's a lot of offensive upside with him. And I think you see him go probably. That's my that is the and that's the media pick too. That's what everybody's kind of leaning towards is Clay. Are they? Yeah. I, I don't know how to read. So. <laughs> yeah, twenty-two. I mean, and. and in all honesty, he should have cracked the Kings lineup a couple of years ago, but he just hasn't. So, um, you know, maybe he showed enough, and that it, that it would be a, a, I think, a good pick. You know, it, it, there's a lot of players that just for some reason don't fit the Kings system and go elsewhere and do really well, like Saint Nab, time and time again. Tanner yep. Pearson, Tyler yep. Foley, Jeff mm-hmm. Carter, apparently. <laughs> yeah, Wayne so, Simmons. Yeah. Simmons hurt though, and Simmons yeah, was, yeah, sure. was that one really hurt. It worked out very well, but well, not this year. It didn't. For so if we could pick least. one, if we could pick one guy, who do we send? Who put, who do we put on the firing line? I think we like all a, say the same guy. Like uh, like realistically, or like Wagner, like, Wags, yeah, Wags. yeah. Wags. <laughs> <laughs> definitely Austin Wagner. Yeah, that's yeah. where I was going. Mister hits you in the logo. Yeah. yeah. He's a goalie's dream, opposing goalie's dream. Yeah. <laughs> Easiest saves you'll get all year. Great stuff out of you guys. A, a lot of names on there. Um, Brown, I'm a little surprised. Did quick, I don't like it, but I can. I, I, I could see the reasoning. I could see the reasoning but, to take it, but I, I understand why why not. And with, It kind of goes along with Flower with Vegas as well, Like you, when you think about that. Like they, yeah, they, but they Quick's like child. three or four years his his senior when he got, you know, taken. And also Pittsburgh begged Vegas to take him. They gave him a pick too. Yes, like it was ridiculous. Like they like Pittsburgh is. But then he was a player. Calling. He was he was a notable player that other people could rally around. It got the Vegas fans excited. There was someone they knew, sure. right? Um, from he, a Stanley Cup team. Yeah, and he's right? got, he won three cups. Like, yeah, that's, that's and huge. he's got the freaking attitude, and so does Quick. So, I, I can look see at the parallels, but yeah, absolutely. I think I think there's a huge parallel there, and and it's it wouldn't surprise me to, if it happened. I think it's kind of gone away from that, but it wouldn't surprise me if it still came through. Well, we will find that out out next month when all this does happen. 
does happen. So, so we're going to move on to the draft. And I was looking up while you guys were, were, uh, were talking, um, um, from where you guys finished. Um, I'm not sure you guys are all that eligible for a top five pick. I don't understand these new draft rules, nor will I come on here and make an attempt to do so. So, hey, hey, I, I only try to sound like I know what I'm talking about, at least when it comes to the draft. Um, good company. So, oh, I, I, I'll have to send you guys the um, the uh, the draft drinking game. You guys will love it. Oh, we're, well, I'm oh, in. we're in. So, so, um, can we do that live on air during the draft? That sounds awesome. <laughs> so, so considering this isn't exactly the most, the best or deep draft, is there a possibility if you guys, I mean, you guys, I think are staring down a top 10 pick if I'm reading cap friendly correctly. Do you guys see yourself trading out of possibly that to establish some more picks or just try and swipe who's ever there? I think with with the amount of picks that we have in this draft, I think we have like ten or eleven picks again. I think if 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 we're gonna be making trades, I, I think it needs to be for a player. Yeah, like right. for an an NHL ready player who's gonna make a difference. God, please get us a left winger because we've needed one since the existence of the Kings. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't I don't know if I see them uh, trading back, man. Um, if they do get. You know, a top pick, like if we can get like someone like Owen Power, that'd be great, but that's not going to happen. Um, I think, you know, you you sit at probably eighth-ish, and there's a left winger available there, and I think we have an opportunity to possibly draft for need as opposed to talent this year. Or trade it for someone that's actually going to help you get, the, get to the playoffs so you can get these kids some playoff experience. That's kind of one of the big goals is get in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Rich, I think what you're going to see here from this team this year is they're going to make some moves, um, maybe before draft, maybe after draft, but they're looking, you know, they're looking to spend some money um, and uh, and really start to build this team. From from the media calls, um, we're, we're hearing that this team is driving to be a contender next year. Uh, so at least get into the finals, right? See how we do. And uh, and like Jordan said, get get the kids some experience. Um not you know, no predictions on how far they go, but they've got to make. Well, it. you just said the finals, so I'm I'm in. Yeah, oh, I, did I? Yeah, <laughs> the playoffs. How about that? And uh, you also and, said that I made a good point, and it was actually Dennis. But hey, you know, why? Well, this is why you don't trust me. So um, I mean, <laughs> even if you listen to the last interview from Drew Doughty, his exit interview, he's like, uh, "This is for the birds," um, in a nicer context. But not making playoffs this many years uh, is just not going to cut it anymore. Yeah. Um, the team needs to do something. So, the the team's been put on notice that that they've they've got to make some uh, money moves. And well, even really, even Blake, he, he didn't disagree. Yeah, Blake even he's, came out and said, "Hey, he's not yeah. wrong." Yeah, and they they just picked up uh, uh, Kachev uh, from Russia on a yeah. one year deal. Yeah. Um, I mean, and they got plenty of cap space, and even his deal is less than a million in in, in cap hit. Yeah, it's and, or something like that. Um, it's the, that's know, the exchange rate. <laughs> uh, worked out well. <laughs> it's after his signing bonus, so it was like nine twenty-five is the actual hit. I uh, think he's actually being paid in Dogecoin. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> yeah, yeah just give was, us some time. That was the beginning of the season uh, rates, not not when, it, when he starts playing. Uh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> Did didn't get the Elon bump? Nope. 
Uh, all right. Lovely stuff. Again, great stuff out of you guys. So, so as we take a look to October, I will ask you guys, why should Kings fans be optimistic heading into October? I feel mostly like because guy, we're going to sign Jared Hall, Hall, right, James? Because <laughs> what? Mostly because we're going to sign uh, Hall. You shut your damn mouth. <laughs> what What are you going to do? Why do you spread he, that horrible Kings, news? If the Kings actually get, get Taylor Hall, what are you going to do, James? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I can say it uh, legally uh, on public air because then if <laughs> it ever comes to fruition, I'm going to be the number one suspect. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you better fall for the banana of the tailpipe. <laughs> he's gonna miss miss most of his games. I get oh, that boy. reference. Hey, Jordan doesn't. Nah, he doesn't nah. understand anything before 1992. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, probably pretty doesn't, accurate. And doesn't understand hockey before 2011. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, oh, yeah. back to the question. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Dennis. I was, I, was, I was saying, James, you get this one's, I mean, what are we optimistic for? This has got you written all over it. Uh, Quinn Byfield. <laughs> He's going to have an amazing season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Richard, so, backstory is, is they always tease me because the Kings don't historically play. They're not the team that plays the, the rookie, right? Mm-hmm. They, don't, they, don't, yeah. they just don't do that. They right. haven't in the past, so. Yeah, well, um, I mean, don't don't fail to mention that we have an active bet going about this. Yeah, and we yeah. do. I don't know how much it's worth. I I make stupid bets all the time, so. <laughs> it's Jordan, it's Jordan has, Jordan has to claim the bets he wins on his taxes this year because they're public record and there's a significant <laughs> amount of them. So. Yeah, but Please they don't make me any tax charity, accomplices. Right? Yeah, so so we make bets and then whoever wins it. We figure out what they have to do with that money to charity, like guilt them into donating to some charity. So, and I'm probably gonna have to donate. I'm gonna win because um, Quinn's gonna play six games and go back to minors, and then uh, and then I'm gonna have to donate to Taylor Hall's charity. So it's it's gonna be a <laughs> shitty shitty bet. But um, I mean, Quinn Byfield is is obviously the hype right now. Um, there's, there's going to be a lot of things that happen in the offseason. I, I don't think we know the team that's going to be on the ice. It's um, going to be – I think it's going to be a lot different. You know, yeah. you know Turcotte's def, definitely getting his first NHL game next year. Uh, that'll be exciting. So, Yeah. There's there's a few guys in the wings. And, uh, and yeah, there's going to be some things that shake up the team. So, And I, and I think that's, that's a decent amount of teams this year. So the exciting thing for the Kings is, is really seeing what we're able to put on the ice and what kind of chemistry that, that team can build. So, to be reason to be optimistic is for the rookie to get more playing time. So you have to donate money to a charity. Yeah, that's yep. it. Okay, <laughs> let's just go with that. So Rookies now, so now let's turn this the other way. Why should Kings fans be depressed heading into next October? So I will let Still this up. Rebuild. That's the easy answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, historically, LA fans, just in general, LA sports fans in general, are very impatient, um, and they don't understand what a rebuild is. Uh, we have to break out, rebuild the bear every once in a while, on, like Instagram and stuff like that, just to remind people that we are not going to be winning anytime soon. Not anytime soon, but um, 
within a reasonable amount of time and don't expect to win the Stanley Cup next year. Um, and I think people are just impatient. And it sucks. And I was fortunate enough to start watching Kings hockey right when they won their first Stanley Cup or right before. So I kind of get where those people are coming from. But I also look at people like James and Dennis who have been through the dark years and uh, know that the team's been in a very dark place and it's not so bad right now. It's really not. They're at least playing exciting hockey right now. Yeah, we got another or, well, 35. Well, they were. They're not right yeah. now. They're probably playing exciting golf. But yeah. uh, next season they'll be playing exciting hockey again. Well, don't worry about that. For a lot of L.A. Kings fans, won't have to worry about the Kings because the L.A. Dodgers are looking really good down the road. So, um, it's true. Yep. So, so to the L.A. Kings, I hate saying this to these guys because they were, and maybe someplace in my heart, they are still the West Coast girlfriend. So to the Los Angeles Kings, we say... Game over. I never get tired of playing that soundbite. So, guys, thank you for coming on. So, we've got a few minutes left. Um, I'm going to give you guys a couple minutes to pimp your podcast or whatever other project you guys have. So, James, Dennis, Jordan, the board is thine. Dennis, give us an outro. Give us an outro. You're putting me on the spot. James is the freaking salesman here. Let's go. (laughs) He's got everything written down. So we do have, if you want to follow the King's Realm, we're at King's Realm Pod on all your social media. Um, check us out. Obviously, part of the THPN, uh, um, THPN network. So um, look for us there and uh, and take a look at it. We're on DraftKings. We're putting together, you know, random uh, random uh, DraftKings events. So if you want to join our DraftKings network um, and basically try and take Jordan's money because he takes all of ours. Um, yeah, gotta get some back. Please, please do that. Use THPN promo code. And uh, what else we got? Oh, you want to call? You got some uh, got some hate for the for the Kings or love? I mean, we love hate more because it's funnier. But uh, five six two three one seven zero zero eight seven. Call us on our hotline. Leave a message. We'll play it on the show. You can listen in, hear it, um, and then uh, just uh, anything else, Dennis. I think you got it. That's pretty good. Yeah, oh, the memory. Nailed it. Yeah, I, mean, I never do it. If, if you like beer and you like talking about hockey and you like being wrong about hockey, we're your podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. good at being wrong. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're in good company. I am too, which I have been known to be. I think this is the first time I've done one of these and somebody has actually given out a telephone number. <laughs> so <laughs> there it is. Yep. Prepared. It's it's, it's out there in public. I am I I am I am estranging or estranging myself from the situation. But <laughs> guys, Kings Realm, thank you very much for coming on. Love all of you. Mean it. Go Kings, go. And next time on Game Over, guess what? I don't even know where we're gonna go next. We could head out east. We could go to the Midwest or maybe to the Great White North. But there's only one way to find out, ladies and gentlemen. Tune in next time as we say, game over. We'll catch you next time. That's the end of the game. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. 
Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.